Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. B'Shemayim, our Father in Heaven, we thank you for your faithfulness um, this morning, for your presence, O God. Uh, We pray that your Word would go forth from Zion to the ends of the earth to encourage your community, O God, and build up your people, O God. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Uh, Knock, knock. Justice. Justice I suspected. You forgot I was coming over to knock on your door. (laughs) Ah, yeah. (laughs) So uh, just I got to thumbs two thumbs down from the. (laughs) Well, I (laughs) I wanted to open with that because. um, that's uh, the subject that I wanted to talk about today, and I thought I would open with a little humor. Sorry that it didn't land quite. <laughs> okay, not two thumbs up. That's good. Higid lecha adam matov uma adonai doresh mimcha ki im asot mishpat v'ahavat chesed. Did you get that? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly or do justice, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Have you ever asked God, Lord, What do you want from me? This quote from Micah 6.8, it's it's almost famous, right? Raise your hand if you've heard this before, right? Um, it's, it's, It's a kind of central ethical summary of what God requires of us, what it means to be a godly person. And this scripture actually comes at the end of the Haftarah portion. What is the Haftarah? Are we familiar with this? Okay, in case you weren't aware, in addition to the Torah portions um, that we have a reading cycle where we go through the first five books, there is also a reading from the prophets every week, and we don't always make mention of it um, here, and of course, but, uh, but that is part of the reading cycle, and uh, there are um, Messianic Jewish communities that read from the prophets as well, and uh, of course, we also read from the New Covenant writings, so we have a uh, a kind of lectionary that goes through that. So this is the uh, Haftarah portion, and uh, if any of you follow um, the UMJC, uh, there, does anyone get the drosh from, from different leaders in the union by email? You can sign up for that, and actually they're going by the Haftarah portion to kind of mix it up a little bit. So, um, so uh, today we're going to look at uh, this statement from the Haftarah in five parts 
from a Hebrew point of view. So we're going to take into focus one Hebrew word for each phrase, um, and I think it's going to be fun. So starting with the first one, in Hebrew it says, Higid lecha adam ma tov. He has shown you, O humanity, what is good. Right. And we're going to focus on the word tov, which means... Good. That's right. What does it mean? What's the word in Hebrew? Tov. Remember in the creation account, everything is described as good. With the seventh tov, the completion of God's creation work with the complete number of seven, which would be what? What's the seventh tov? It would be us, humanity, right? The light and the dark. It was good. The oceans, the plants, and the animals, good, good, and good. And humans, we were not just good, we were very good. Tov me'od. Turn to someone next to you and say, you are tov me'od. Turn to someone else and say, you are very good. Right. Amen. We are introduced to a God in Genesis who defines what is good and not good. Humans are good. Our goodness comes from the fact that we reflect the image of the Creator. In Genesis, it also says we are made in His image. And uh, He is good. God is good. And He can create the definition for goodness, right? He is the standard for what is good. Do we understand that? Yes, you with me? And then a few pages later, <clears throat> there's a, the story kind of unfolds, and there's this very particular tree, right? And it's the knowledge of what? Good and not so good, right? Okay, and one of the humans, Chava, she has a conversation with a mysterious serpent, and the serpent says, hey, uh, Chava, uh, did, did God really say not to eat from any of the trees? It sounds like he's holding back on you, something, you know, something awesome. And, and Hava says, well, no, 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 it's not all the trees we can't eat. It's just this, this one tree here, uh, the knowledge of good and not so good. And, uh, but choosing to eat from that fruit would be, uh, certainly lead to death. I think that's what the Lord said. And the serpent says, death. no way, my girl, right? You could be like God. You get to decide what's good and not good, and that is for you. You could be running the whole show. Pretty cool, huh? He's a slithery guy. And then uh, the scripture says this in Genesis 3, 6. Let's pay attention to the Hebrew. It says, I have it up there, Vitare ha'isha ki tov. We have some Hebrew readers over here. Ki tov ha'etz. And she saw that the tree was good. She saw that the tree was good. Now she's deciding what is good, right? This is the first time that a human declares something is good. Finally, something good from our perspective, right? But of course, is it good? No, not so good. 
right? And it does, in fact, lead to death. And, and we have been, as humans, we've been trying to define good and not good on our own terms ever since. And after we reached for that fruit, then that's where we start hurting each other. And these are other humans made in the image of God. The prophet Isaiah warns us in chapter 5, verse 20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who change darkness into light and light into darkness, who change bitter into sweet and sweet into bitter. In other words, woe to those who try to redefine what is tov or good. And so we have to remember that words like justice and good and mercy come from the Lord and his perspective. And it's not always what we might think, right? But we, he, is, he is the king, and he gets to decide what those things are because he is good, and he is just, and he is merciful. Amen? And so the basic human problem is when we try to redefine these and we pervert what is good and just and merciful and loving. And this brings us to the next phrase, so let's put them together. Micah 6.8, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? The second line in Hebrew says, Uma Hashem Doresh Mimcha, and uh, what does the Lord require, or could be, what does he seek from you? And for this phrase, we're going to focus on the word Doresh, which means seek or search out. Earlier, uh, just a few minutes ago, we had one of our members, Clarissa, and she came up here and she delivered something. And what is that thing called? A drash. And this is from the same root. And it's referred to this way because the one who delivers it seeks out wisdom from the Torah and then applies that to our lives. And she did an excellent job with that. Amen? She was able to bring that out and show us something from the Word that we can apply in our lives. This is not easy to do, right? But it implies there is a pursuit, a seeking going on. As anyone who's ever given a drosh will tell you, raise your hand if you've given a drosh, you have to do a little seeking, don't you? You got to search it out. That's what the drosh means, doresh. Many of us are familiar with our, uh, the idea of us seeking out God's word or us seeking the Lord, but Micah 6.8 is a little bit of divine reversal here. God seeks us. God requires of us something. Many people, when they describe their faith journey, uh, they de- describe it in the same terms, right? Some people might say that uh, I found Yeshua, but we Uh, we know from our experience, is that the way it really went down? No. Yeshua found us. Isn't that true? Could we testify to that today? We, We would affirm that. The Lord sought us. He sought after me. And uh, I had a sense um, in, uh, as a, a young man that he was calling me. He was not letting me go. He was pursuing me. Uh, perhaps even as a young man might pursue a young lady. It's the same, oh yeah, perhaps it's the same idea. In fact, in Song of Songs, which is uh, a romantic allegory for how God loves us and pursues us, this is what we find in uh, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. 
Night after night on my bed, I looked for the man I love. I looked for him, but I didn't find him. So what did I do? I just gave up. No, I love him. I will get up now and roam the city through the streets and the open places. I will look for, search for the man I love. And uh, this is how the Lord is with us. This is why this is part of Scripture, okay? And, and God is not just after us for a, a love-type relationship, but for our whole beings. The Lord seeks us out, and then he requires things of us, right? It's a searching, it's a, it's, it's, it's a process. A relationship with God implies our activation and our agency. We love him, and we love others because he first loved us. He sought us out. Amen? So, what do we have so far? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? And the first thing is to act justly. You can also translate this, as I said, to do justice. Asot mishpat. Can we try to say mishpat? Mishpat is the word we're focusing on for this third phrase. Um, Abraham Joshua Heschel was an Orthodox Jewish theologian and humanitarian of blessed memory. He marched with uh, uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and he met with uh, popes, and he was, uh, did a lot of uh, humanitarian work. And this is a quote from uh, one of his uh, final speeches that he said, I would say to young people a number of things, and I have only one minute. I would say, let them remember that there is a meaning behind absurdity. Let them be sure that every little deed counts, that every word has power, and that we can do, every one, our share to redeem the world, that is, to kun olam, despite all of the absurdities and the frustration and disappointments. And above all, remember that the meaning of life is to live life as if it were a work of art. You are not a machine. When you are young, start working on this great work of art called your own existence, unquote. Isn't that nice? It's nice. Speaking of uh, Abraham, uh, that was Abraham Heschel, we could also talk about another Abraham. Abraham, who is it going to be? The patriarch, right? We don't know. Did he have a last name? Abraham? Yeah, okay. (laughs) So Abraham the patriarch is described with this word, uh, mishpat. And uh, this word has a synonym for justice, and that is tzedek. And it also means a kind of justice or righteousness. Uh, And this is the first mention of these words in the Torah, justice and righteousness, um, is used to describe Abraham the patriarch. And he is the one who knows the ways of Hashem. He knows justice and righteousness, mishpat and tzedek. But what does this word really mean? Is it just uh, punishment if you do something wrong? Like uh, if I stole uh, Lewis, if I stole your sheep, would it be uh, just, uh, what would justice be? That I just, you know, go to jail? Would that be justice served? Is that what this means? Yes? No? Yes? (laughs) Is it just a punishment? Well, uh, perhaps there's something more. 
right? Maybe uh, it involves uh, giving the sheep back, right? And maybe, uh, maybe an extra sheep or another, at least another half a sheep, right? right? Would there be some kind of repentance? Would there be some kind of restoration involved? Well, Exodus 23, verses 4 through 6, puts it this way. If you come upon your enemy's ox or donkey straying, you must poison it, and that'll show them. Is that what? No? I'm reading it wrong. Okay. You must do what? Return it to him. This is your enemy, right? Okay, now we don't have oxes and donkeys, so we have to apply this to our modern... Well, actually, some might. Who has an ox or a donkey? All right. So, uh, Jason, uh, if, if someone is your enemy and we find your ox or your donkey, we're going to return it to you. Okay, he's, he says thumbs up. All right, where was I? Okay, sorry. If you see the donkey uh, or, you know, I guess the iPhone or whatever it is nowadays, which belongs to someone who hates you lying down helpless under its load, you are not, <laughs> helpless iPhone, you are not to pass him by, but to go and help him free it. Do not deny anyone justice, mishpat, in his lawsuit simply because he is poor. This is the same word. So we see that mishpat implies a kind of restoration, a restorative justice, restoring what is wrong toward the kingdom of God, right? And Proverbs 31, verses 8 through 9, says it like this. Speak up for those who can't speak for themselves, for the rights of all who need an advocate. Speak up, judge righteously. There's the word mishpat again. Defend the cause of the poor and the needy. The words judge righteously, those are our old friends, both together. Mishpat and tzedek. It's actually a verb form of mishpat, but you get the idea. It's the same, same root, right? And this brings us to the next phrase. So let's see what we have so far. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy. And the word here for mercy, one of my favorite words is, does anyone know? I did a musical with the same name, Chesed, yes. This is, of course, the main theme of the book of Ruth. So we got to think back to this story of Ruth. What's happening there? Naomi has a husband and two sons, and they marry women from Moab, right? And then both her husband and the sons pass away. So she is left with the two daughters-in-law from Moab, the Moabite daughters-in-law. And Naomi is now going back to Israel, and she's embittered, and she's sad, and depressed and, uh, and all kinds of things, obviously going through a lot. And then Ruth clings to her, even though there's no blood relation. And Ruth shows chesed, right? This is loving kindness or uh, covenantal love. And then God, in turn, shows chesed to Ruth and to Naomi, by providing her a kind husband who's actually a relation to Naomi, a distant relation, which is important in the story so that the name and the land can remain in the family according to the Levitical law. So God works all of this out. And then in the future, Ruth is the ancestor of some very important people, right? So this was, the story was not just for their restoration, but for the future King David 
and, of course, King Yeshua, the Messiah. Chesed is a kind of faithfulness, is, what, is how we were supposed to love and what we are supposed to love, right? The, the scripture, Micah 6.8 says, love chesed, love covenantal love, or you could say maybe embrace mercy. In the book, A Divine Reversal, Rabbi Russ Resnick describes chesed this way, um, brought to fullness in Yeshua, quote, Yeshua often practices chesed in ways that make him an outsider. When we remember that God is the first one in Torah to practice these acts of chesed, this quality of chesed as the ethic of the marginalized is even more striking. The Jewish Yeshua remains our rabbi, and like every rabbi, he teaches by example and presence. But because he is also the resurrected Lord, his example is transcendent. And his presence is everywhere. I love that. We are seeking to follow Yeshua, who is not only the exalted Son of God, but also is deeply concerned with the ethical and practical dimension of life. He expects us to encounter God with him, in, even in our eating and drinking, tending to the sick, serving and meeting human needs, unquote. Isn't that beautiful? And this brings us to the last phrase of the Scripture. Let's see if we, we remember it. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. Are you still with me? You still awake? And what does the Lord require of you, seek from you, Duresh, To act justly, to love chesed, to love mercy, and to walk Humbly with your God. Hatnea lechet im elochecha. Walk humbly with your God. The word humbly here also means lowly, but it doesn't appear that often in the scripture. So let's f- focus on the word lechet. That is to walk, to go with God. Walking with God, this is a daily practice, it's a relationship. I want to encourage all of us. Uh, to spend time with God. That could be in a number of ways, right? It could be reading or, in uh, some people's case, listening to Scripture, right? If you don't like to read, what can you do? You can listen to it, right? Maybe perhaps on your phone. Um, I want to encourage all of us to, uh, you can do journaling, right? You can write uh, write things to God, and, and, and you can write what you sense He is speaking back to you. Uh, you can go on walks with the Lord. You can pray in your spirit language. You can sing songs to the Lord. And, and, and just, just do, we're doing something like this every day. It's a daily practice. That's what walking with the Lord means. Okay? So putting all of this together, what do we notice? What do we notice about the, the whole Scripture, Micah 6.8? Well, number one, we have direction. We know what God is requiring of us humans. What, Lord, what do you want from me? It's, it's plain. It's in the text, right? And we know that it is tov, what God defines as good, that we walk humbly and we are the junior partners with God for justice and not the senior partners. He gets to define what is good and not good. And Duresh, we know that God 
pursues us, that he requires of us, that a relationship is not just about us enjoying God, but God seeking us out to do good works to further the kingdom. Mishpat, we know that God's justice involves restoration and healing through divine reversal and through chesed, by putting others first as Yeshua did. And lechet, we must spend time humbly walking with God day by day and to be transformed into his image. My sense is that this is an area of growth for our community. But if we take the scriptural narrative seriously, we must be a part of God's kingdom. We must seek God both individually and collectively to grow in this area. Let's commit to this in this season of our community, and let's encourage one another, right, in this. Uh, perke avot, which is, uh, means the ethics of the fathers, is uh, one of the most foundational uh, sections of the Mishnah, uh, which is a, a Jewish writing. It's part of the traditional text. It's not scripture, but it's, it's helpful. And it puts it this way in Avot 1.14. If I am not for myself, who will be for me? But if I am only for myself, who am I? And if not now, when? Amen? All right. Well, let's pray. Avinu, our Father, we thank you for um, your word Um, your guidance in your word that shows us how we are to be in this life and uh, that it's it's not it's not complicated what you require of us lord and that you would help us to uh, to do justice to act justly with restorative justice to love your chesed to love your mercy and um, and to um, to show chesed uh, loving kindness to everyone that we meet and uh, that you, we're trusting you also that you'll show us how to walk with you humbly and uh, how to build a relationship with you day by day. And we ask that you help us as a community to grow in these things, O oh God. And we admit that we fall short of them, but um, we thank you for your mercy and your chesed on us that uh, you don't treat us as our sins deserve, but you daily teach us and, and draw us closer to you, O oh God. And uh, we pray that um, we would be a community that is known for our justice and our love and uh, for others, and that we would walk in the calling that you have for us, both as individuals and as a community. And we pray this in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Chesed. Amen.